Laura. Welcome to Beyond Geek by Night, where we will be discussing each episode of the Geek by Night podcast leading up to the series finale. On today's episode, we will be discussing the seventh story arc, Friends and Enemies. So sit tight, we have a lot to cover today, because we're about to go beyond Geek by Night. I am your host, unnamed Mysterious After Show host. And here is our panel. I'm joined today by creator and executive producer, Scott Corelli. Hi. Uh, executive producer and voice of Dr. William Medina, Nick Jimenez. Hello. Voice of Lorelai Swift, Naomi Wong. Hello. Voice of Charlotte Swift, Rachel Gatlin. Hi. And voice of Simon Holt, Andrew Ball. Hello. In this story arc, Friends and Enemies comprising episodes 25 through 28. Oh boy, I feel like it's going to take like two hours to recap everything that happened in these episodes. <laughs> just listen to the episodes. Let's just play the episodes now. Cue it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it a whirl. Let's see. Um, all right. <sighs> Simon is actually way more powerful than we knew, and we are introduced to his artificial intel- uh, assistant, Atlas. He's also been keeping a log of the underdog's whereabouts and emotions, mentioning a certain Project Tough Love. While at a, a coffee shop, Simon is introduced to Charlie, who seems to like Simon very much. While Elliot and Lorelai head to the McKinney City Business Owners Conference, the rest of the gang speculate about what Lorelai is hiding, all while Simon secretly reads their minds. When Charlie comes to the comic (laughs) shop to see Simon, she reveals that she has superpowers, with the ability to negate other super individuals' powers. Oh, and she's also Lorelai's sister, Charlotte. As Charlotte assembles the overachievers, comprised of various antagonists she has recruited from previous episodes, Simon joins along and assists her by conducting Project Tough Love, which is a series of traps and devices to capture and nullify his fellow underdogs based on their powers. While things go poorly at the business conference, Joel Vickers makes a triumphant return, channeling his inner John McClane and helping Elliot and Lorelai escape. Meanwhile, Simon reveals that his intention for Project Tough Love was never to be used this way, and seems to have a change of heart. Max Carmichael, his assistant Billy, and Lorelai all arrive, and Lorelai is stunned to see her former colleague Billy, who is actually, bum bum bum, Dr. William Medina. Elsewhere in the compound, Gretchen, yes, that Gretchen, reappears to save Joel's life before finally revealing herself to Elliot. Dr. Medina is an absolute dick to Max, leaving his recruited followers to open fire on our heroes, only to have the bullets stopped by Simon. Billy, Charlotte, and the overachievers make their escape. Soon after, Gretchen reveals herself to the group, along with Elliot, who has trouble explaining that he and Gretchen have gone on some sort of time loop adventure back to the future at the speed of regular time, but beginning at another time, which is now caught up to this time. Finally, Charlotte does what Charlotte does best, mysteriously plot nefarious plans in the seconds leading up to the end credits. Did I get everything? (laughs) (laughs) I think as best as you could. Well done. Yeah. Ah, This is a really, really great set of episodes. Um, So before we dive into the episode, uh, Rachel... I wanted to ask you how you got involved with Geek by Night. It's something I ask everybody, and everybody tends to have a very different answer for it. So what is your story that led you to the show? Oh, boy. Buckle up. Um, (laughs) I was involved with the OG project, 
Like, how many years ago was that? 10? 11? That was 2006 and 2007. Oh, boy. Yeah, your first episode is like the fourth or fifth episode? Uh, Fifth. Fifth episode of the original show, which would have been 2006, I think. So, yeah. It's like like 100 years ago. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So, and I was friends with you, Scott, before that. Because I listened to um, uh, that <laughs> show. The show you did. <laughs> <laughs> Two Geeks and Making a yes, Podcast? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. That's, how, that's how we became friends, I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I've been involved with this since the beginning. But when mm-hmm. that show died, I was like, eh, all right. It ended. Okay. And then this one started up and Scott was nice enough to give me a role. And I'm so happy to be part of this family. We're very glad to have you. Mm-hmm. Well, thank uh, you. <laughs> I want to start with Charlotte because um, we learn a lot about her in this episode, yeah. even though we've seen her a number of times before. And uh, she kind of has the same sort of calculated mania that uh, Lorelai has. Um, yeah. Had, had you done other voice work before this? And is, is this um, like an intentional choice or is this just how you felt about the character? I mean, it's kind of how I felt. I got this sort of, like, uh, Dana Scully vibe about her. Hmm. Like, very smart. But I also feel like she's putting on a front. Like, in this episode, I I feel like the veneer starts to crack a little bit. And clearly she's been hurt by Lorelai. She's got some scars that she doesn't want to talk about. So she puts up this, like, hard shell. And I feel like, especially... In this episode, um, like I said, that starts to crack. So I try to channel this. I-, I have an older sister, too, who's given me a lot of emotional trauma. So I try to channel that. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not as calculated as Charlotte is. I'm way more emotional and uh, reactive. So if I... If, if I saw my sister right now, I'd probably crumble into a crying mess because I'm, I've got that, like, that trauma that I haven't dealt with. And I, th- I feel that's the same about Charlotte. Um, yeah. she, she just doesn't know how to not... What am I trying to say? She doesn't... She, she has to be this other person because she doesn't want to be herself. Maybe. Maybe that's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean she's she's literally putting on an accent. Yeah, um, yeah, that too. Because she's Scottish, like Lorelai, yeah. but she uses an American accent because yeah. she wants to be that person, not because who yeah, she was because raised she, to be. She reinvented herself to kind like of separate Madonna. herself, but she also went into the same field that her sister did. So it's like mm-hmm. she's trying to be someone else, but at the same time, she's also trying to outdo her own sister. Um. And I think the first time I tried to record my lines, I tried an accent and it came out so terrible. So <laughs> thank, thank you that I don't have to butcher a Scottish accent. Yeah, we just we just wrote it into the character and I yeah. think it works for her. So, especially since especially since, you know, we're in an audio format, so it's not like we can dress you in a way that says <laughs> that visually says <laughs> what we're trying to pull off and instead right. we have to do it in audio, so I think the accent thing works out pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. It's also prime third culture kid like behavior. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Scott and Nick, uh, 
obviously like a lot of things built up to some of the big reveals in this episode. Um, did you know from the very beginning that the mysterious woman that we've been seeing the whole time is going to be Charlotte Swift specifically? Definitely not. That was something that um, we, we came up with. Um, I think a f- it, it, it didn't happen until after we cast Rachel um, because originally in the original script, that was mysterious man. Um, oh. And then I, I, we wrote that script and then I was like, we have to give Rachel something because Rachel has been like, a big cheerleader this whole time with the geek by night stuff. And she's so excited for it to come back. And I want to give her something and I don't want her to have to her to have to wait until we write her something in another episode. I was like, what can we give her in this episode? And I was like, well, what if we change that mysterious man into a mysterious woman? And then we'll figure out who it is (laughs) later on. Um, But, but uh, like we knew what the plan was. We knew that, that, you know, the mysterious man was putting together, all of the villains into like a Legion of Doom type thing. We knew that, but we didn't know why or their who what his connection to everyone else was. And then when we cast Rachel in that role and changed it into a mysterious woman, um, I think that's when we started thinking, well, like who would have beef with the underdogs? Probably no one. But they do have this other character who probably would have lots of enemies. Sure. And then we just started like spitballing about like who this could be and what their connection to Billy was because we always knew what Billy's deal was from the beginning. Oh, okay. Um, That was never – we always knew that um, Mm -hmm. going into the first episode. And if you go back and listen to, you know, all of the episodes, you can sort of – there's hints um, about like the fact that Billy – doesn't actually do what Max says. Like he, he's not, he's faking it. You can, you can tell. Um, we, I think we wrote it that way. Uh, but as far as Charlotte, I think that just came, I think sometime in writing like episode three. Like yeah. The, yeah. I think around there is, is when, where? is when we started turning the ship as it were. Yeah. You know, uh, one of my favorite movies of all time is, uh, a, a league of their own. Mm. And hmm. I, I remember being so like compelled by the drama between Kit and Dottie as a kid. Mm-hmm. And cause like the miracle of that movie is like, you never think that Dottie like is, you know, you feel the pain and mm-hmm. you, f- you understand where both of them are coming from. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am not a sister, but I have a sister. And so I, <laughs> I th- 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 like connected with me. And so I think we, as soon as the idea kind of came up in the air of like, well, what if that was Lorelai's sister or what if that was connected to Lorelai? we just found there to be so much drama because Lorelai is a character that kind of like Charlie has a performance mm-hmm. that has mm-hmm. created a persona for herself, mm-hmm. uh, someone to kind of live up to in her, you know, and, and so the idea of creating someone like, well, who would that character be? And that just became so fun for us to, and then that kind of became like the most compelling thing. And that's when we started steering the ship towards that. Yeah. I think, I think actually I said, I said episode three, I think it, where, where it actually happened was around the time we were writing her scene with the ire in under the bridge. Um, Cause mm-hmm. we were prepping ghost story. And I, I think I wrote that scene in um, under the bridge. And I think we just started like, I think it was I was writing that scene. And I think I messaged you at that around that point and was like, what if they were sisters 
And then he was really into that idea for all the reasons <laughs> he just said. And then I think at that point, that's where Henry came up because we realized mm. that we needed a wedge. And so we decided a wedge between them. And so we decided that Henry would be that wedge mm-hmm. in one fashion or another. Um, and then that's how Ghost Story came to be. The and then, whole, we, the whole and then it kind of became a game of challenging ourselves because we we loved both of these characters so much that we didn't want to. Well, like, OK, well, Henry, because that's sort of Lorelai's big big emotional vulnerability for a lot of reasons. It was mm-hmm. the most compelling reason. And we're like, well, how do we make that interesting? Mm-hmm. And not just a case mm-hmm. of like a love triangle, which mm-hmm. would, would seem so, I don't know, underserving of these characters. So then we kind of started digging deeper and then made a puzzle for ourselves that right. then proceeded to become one of the most difficult episodes we've ever read. Oh, writing this episode was like pulling teeth. <laughs> um, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. It took so long. Drafts upon drafts. Drafts upon drafts. I, I think there were probably eight to ten drafts of this episode, of this mm. of this set of episodes. I mean, it was a nightmare to write this. Um, you know, uh, it started off with, like, I think we broke one version of it, and Ray and Billy <laughs> wrote that one. Um, and then we got those first couple of episodes that they had written, I think parts one and two. Because I don't I don't remember for sure, but I don't think they they worked on all four parts. No. Because, yeah, I think it was only like the first two or maybe the first three. Um, but then – And then in the, and it was never a question of – you know, it, it really just became – it became so all hands on deck that it became more efficient for just Scott and Cass and I to just pass the ball to each other. Mm-hmm. Just to kind of have nothing to do because I think Billy and Ray like both knocked it out of the park with those early drafts. Yeah, they were really good. It was the story that wasn't working, which yeah. isn't their fault because, you know, uh, the right uh, for the writing staff, that's not really their responsibility. Um, they're executing a story that we came up with and we kind of failed on that. And then they got busy and weren't able to do subsequent drafts. And so we just sort of took it over. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was a nightmare it, to get through this, uh, and figure <laughs> out because there's so many moving pieces and, it, and it's the fulfillment of so, you know, it's one thing to build a bunch of trains and it's another thing to like, okay, well now how are these all going to like coexist and like lead somewhere? Right. And, you know, fulfilling the Gretchen stuff, mm-hmm. the, and then like bringing Joel and the ire back in, bringing the overachiever, introducing the overachievers. And I don't even yeah. think all of that was there originally no i i I think um you know originally it was really just like a underdogs versus overachievers story yeah and Hmm. that was it there was no like elliot wasn't at a business conference i don't think joel wasn't (laughs) in it um i don't think the ire was in it like none of this stuff was in there in there yeah and i think that when we went to go re-break it over and over and over again uh, because I'm I'm a monster of a showrunner and such a perfectionist, um, and uh, uh, I think like eventually I don't even know how it finally broke, but when it did, I think it happened all at once. And I we just I just pitched the whole story to you, and I just remember get we were both getting so excited with every step because <laughs> we were like, oh my god, we were bringing everything together in this. It, it was it was like realizing we had built a Russian a nesting doll for ourselves. Yeah. Out out of like cuz like oh well, okay they could go to a casino. What if Joel was living in the casino? Right. And like <laughs> yeah. we've always wanted to bring Joel back and and like oh they could be going oh where's the bus going? The bus is going to Swift Industries. And yeah. just sort of unspooled after, yeah. you know, weeks and weeks of, you know, p- pounding our heads against the wall. Yeah, the big the big thing that I think helped was 
focusing in on the cliffhangers of each act um, mm-hmm. at the time, acts now episode cliffhangers, um, and just focusing on like, okay, what gets revealed at the end of each episode? Because that's that's what we need to yeah. like aim toward. And then aiming toward that in each individual episode, um, each individual act is what I think finally broke the story mm-hmm. for us. Um, but yeah, it was hard. It was really hard. <laughs> I'm I'm so proud of how it turned out. Oh, definitely. I think it's yeah. by far our best episode um produced up to this point. So uh I'm really proud of it. But man, it was like pulling teeth. It took months. It did. And I think when we were done at the other at the other side of it, we had sort of found the show. Mm-hmm. Because hmm. listening because I, I I listened to this one to get ready for this conversation, and it had been a couple years. Yeah. And I uh it it was like oh my god this really is the tone that we carried over working on season two mm-hmm. is we really hit the ground running and I don't know like the characters their pitter patter is a little bit more confident mm-hmm. they, you really feel the comfort of these characters and then we stretch them to their limits and that ends up being a lot of fun yeah I'm far enough removed from this that I re-listening to it I was like wow this is absurdly confident I don't know <laughs> who these guys thought they were but that's <laughs> for sure yeah. Um, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy with how this one turned out. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. This is a phenomenal set of episodes and it's just really, really fun to go through. So, uh, Andrew, got a question for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, a lot of great Simon stuff in this episode. Yeah. Uh, how does it feel to be basically the most OP member of the underdogs? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, there's some, there's some really cool stuff with his powers here and, um, some cool like editing effects with, uh, you know, when he kind of reaches his, his apex of all of that. Um, how did you feel reading through this the first time in scenes, like the culmination of Simon's, uh, ascent, I guess? Uh, I, I loved it. I mean, I remember back when we were doing, I think it was when we were doing the original, I made some comment at some point about uh, Simon how I could see Simon having like a Jean Grey sort of arc mm-hmm. and yeah I think just watching him because you know he's obviously he's been pushing himself so hard to understand these powers and to you know hone them and and when he goes, of course, a guy like that is eventually going to go over the top. Hmm. And yeah. yeah, I just, I love, and I love the, the rhythm of it in the writing. You're, yeah, you're acting in this. I mean, everybody's acting, but you know, this being a, a, a Simon centric episode, Andrew's acting in this episode is like. I mean, I was I remember getting those those files back and just being completely blown away. I don't know what he what went into his performance when he was doing this uh doing this episode, recording this episode, but like you know, there are moments in this where I get choked up and I know that it's happening. I know I wrote it. <laughs> um, you know, we we wrote it and and uh I you know, I I know what we did but then hearing andrew perform that stuff especially that scene between him and mindy um is just like i mean it's heartbreaking and it's and it's you know and i love i love simon and 
I love that, you know, the dumb idiot just like all about logic, but then, you know, as the underdogs point out, no, you're working on emotions too. That's all this is. You mm-hmm. dumb psychopath. Um, and I, I just, I, I, Andrew just brings so much humanity to Simon, to a character that could easily just be, you know, Sheldon. Um, he brings so yeah. much humanity to him. And uh, it's, it's the reason why the character works so well. Yeah, you know, I, I love those. I love doing those situations where Simon gets to be vulnerable. You know, even not necessarily his idea to be vulnerable, but when, you know, the, the whole, you know, has to be in control of everything all the time and kind of catches up with him. And it's just like, oh, um, I might be a teensy little bit out of my league here. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it's we, we hear that, you know, there's the part uh, where he's kind of uh, right after he goes to the mind place with Mindy, where there's like the, the loud, uh, angry voiceover Simon along with the regular Simon's voice. And there, it's not just doubled, like the regular Simon is like, I can't control this. And uh, the voiceover is just screaming and it's just more, it's kind of like the two sides of Simon. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really cool to see those two come together at the same time. I and it's, uh, it, it, go ahead. Oh, no, please. Oh, I was going to say, I looked at it as a good um, uh, allegory for mental health. Where like, if you, if you suffer from something like depression or anxiety, you're kind of always trying to stay even. And there are times where, like, that voice in your head, I, I gave her a name, I won't say it, but I, I gave that voice a name. And, like, it's like saying, you know, you look bad in this outfit or you're doing this wrong. And, like, there's times where that voice just kind of overtakes your more rational voice. But, like, when you're constantly trying to keep on top of things and eventually that all falls apart. Yeah. I was just going to say, uh, I was, I'm always, every time I go back to that episode, I'm always so impressed by what Scott was able to do with that effect at the end with the voices overlaying. It's some really impressive audio work. And I think it, it, it really, it really paints a picture. Yeah. I love the way that turned out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I do love the, the slight differences in the, the writing between the two versions mm-hmm. of each line. Yeah, I remember that was like the one and only time I think Andrew reached out to me while he's recording lines because he was like, do you, what do you, what is this, Mm -hmm. am I recording both of these? Like, what am I doing? And then I had to give him that very specific direction of like, right, one, you're, you're, you're being vulnerable, (laughs) extremely vulnerable and tired and dying. And the other one is uh, putting on a, uh, a facade um, and, and being this threatening guy. Um, and, uh, yeah, he just knocked it out of the park. He gave me exactly what I wanted and, uh, editing that was, uh, definitely a joy. (laughs) So Naomi, uh, Lorelai obviously, uh, has a lot that happens in this episode and she's kind of a, kind of a reckoning, uh, for her in many ways. Um, one of the big reveals is that she has known where Gretchen is this entire time. I mean, we, in ghost story, we heard a little bit of that, but now we see like, to some extent, she was kind of in on this. Do you think uh, Lorelai did the right thing? Or do you think she was in the wrong for uh, 
deceiving everybody? Uh, that's a really big question. Wow. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get asked about our performance, but you get to oh my answer gosh, for the, your moral, the moral implications of making choices. It's because um... it's almost difficult to listen to, you know, with realizing that Lorelai had knew that she was going to hurt people with this, but you know, there, uh, even Charlotte has a has a line about the greater good at one point it's just kind of like another overlap yes um greater well (laughs) i I can't hear the phrase the greater good without saying the greater good um (laughs) well it was interesting is that um i found out by reading the script i can't remember what time this was uploaded but i'm pretty sure this was one of the scripts that i read like within five minutes of it being uploaded and i don't (laughs) think anyone else was awake so maybe it was first thing in the morning for me that's Um, that's most of the scripts that come out that's usually the case with you <laughs> i just like read it and i'm like what the heck and then <laughs> this might be one of the ones where scott was like how have you read it already but you know um <laughs> the i i think at least she thinks she's doing the right thing i'm not sure like i mean because not all of those things have been revealed in this episode so i can't go too deep into mm-hmm. spoiler territory um but I know it's it's it so. Sounds like it's. You know, I think uh, it's like I a trolley exercise. Things... What's really right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. And I think Simon yeah. sees it that way too. You know, Simon mm-hmm. had good intentions for what he was trying to do, but it got Absolutely. flipped upside down. Yeah, it's kind of an episode about two of the show's most a- ambitious characters. Mm-hmm. kind of having these impossible challenges set before them mm-hmm. that really brings them out of their comfort zones because it's not about how smart they are mm-hmm. or it, it, it's, it's about them dealing with their emotions <laughs> right? and yeah. the people in their lives that they, and uh, questioning what they care about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about powers because we have, uh, we, we have re- a couple reveals in this set of episode for, people that have powers one of them being charlotte uh the other being billy um when you were putting together the character of charlotte scott and nick um did you know that she was also going to be affected by the origin particle or is that something that kind of came organically over time uh was it a result of the of the of the of the drafts upon drafts that we mentioned? Yeah, earlier? I don't I don't remember if that was that came in one of the rewrites we did. We definitely didn't before going into this episode. Um, that's that's for sure. I don't remember if her power negation was in the Ray and Billy drafts um, or not. Yeah, I really want to say that in those early episodes, if you go back, those are the work of writers who believe that that character does not have powers. Right. Hmm. Um, but I, uh, I, I definitely think that that came up in this, um, in this episode. Cause we were just thinking about like worst case scenario, like, you know, somebody, what, what, how, how could we possibly, uh, you know, we're, we're literally introducing the fact that Simon is the most OP character. Um, even if that term bugs me a little bit because he's <laughs> literally dying, um, being OP. So True. how OP is he really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's like Constantine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I, I, uh, uh, we, we were just thinking like in terms of how is he going to get, how is he going to be vulnerable in a situation like this? Um, and then it occurred to us like, Oh, the only way is if he doesn't have his powers and the only way to not have powers is if, 
the other person has the power to negate powers, and then that's how that came through. It's like making mm-hmm. a card game for yourself. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's really weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and used in a really cool way to kind of stop Simon, and you know, Anita gets her little moment and all that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and what what's fun about being at this point in the season is, you know, we're discussing episodes that uh, there's only a couple left before the second season's going to begin. Um, and a big mystery that's uh, brought up in this episode and is not um, is not closed yet in the series that's out so far is what Billy's powers are. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought I'd do a little exercise. I've come up with a list of things that I think are Billy's powers. <laughs> and all I want you to do, don't, don't say yes or no. I just want to know if I'm close with any of them. All right. Okay. All right. Number one. He gives people powers without the particles. Number two, he can steal other people's powers. Number three, he can turn rotten fruit into ripe fruit. <laughs> Number four, he's very good at chess, like better than average. Uh, number five, he can speak with raccoons. Ooh. Number six, right? That'd be great. Yeah, uh, I want that power. Yeah. <laughs> Number six. Please be my friend, raccoon. Come into my house. (laughs) Be my friend. Here's some trash. (laughs) Stay out of my trash. Do it. So number six, he doesn't have powers. He's just a liar, and I'm really mad at him for being mean to Max. (laughs) Number seven, this one just says bees. Mm. I'm not. uh, Like he can command bees? Like, come to me, bees. Or does he turn into like a million bees? Okay. Yeah, or, or he yes. shoots bees out of his out of his eyes like Cyclops. <laughs> so the, is it the dogs? Is it the dogs with bees in their mouth and when they bark they shoot bees at? <laughs> or maybe he is bees like Handyman. Yeah, that was, that was, like that one was, million ants, you know. So, yeah. yeah, he's made of bees. That was yeah. my theory. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number eight, he learns instruments really fast. Mm. Uh, number nine, half dinosaur. Ooh. Number ten. Always good breath, no flossing required. Mm. Number 11, he can stay up way, way past his bedtime without getting tired. Mm. Number 12, he can switch between being really fat and being really skinny whenever he wants. Uh, Number 13, he can summon an army of smaller, angrier billies. And (laughs) number 14, adamantium skeleton. Uh (laughs) Are any of these close? Uh, I will say you are... You are... Lukewarm on at least one of those. If I can just be a, if I can just be an actor for a second and speak on my character's <laughs> behalf, we don't know how many unpaid hours Billy worked while under Max's employ. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't we don't know the degree to which Max took advantage of Billy's uh, servitude. He could have had to like pick, you know, get him drive through at like midnight. Yeah. <laughs> Hmm. He's definitely cleaned more than one bathroom accident. That's definitely been a thing that's had to happen. <laughs> sure. So his anger, I'm just saying his anger in that in, in those final moments are, are somewhat justified. Yeah. I, I just I just had a visual in my head of Max trying to build a really complicated like Lego build. And he does sure. it wrong. So he calls Billy in the middle of the night. Billy, come fix my Legos. Yes, sir. <laughs> I tried to build a Millennium Falcon, and instead I built a truck. <laughs> uh, so, Nick, how was it playing this uh, this other side of Billy that 
we finally get to see. It was actually at the time very uh, cathartic. Cathartic, yeah, yeah. because mm. this is a twist that we'd had in our pocket for you know since like 2008. Uh, th- that was always going to be the plan was that at some point Billy was going to like be revealed to be like the secret bad guy, and uh, and I was I remember at the time being like, oh, that'll be fun, and then the show ended, and I was like, oh, that would have been fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, and and then when. When the show got, you know, when we uh, we went back to the garage and took the hood off and, and we were like, we're going to do this again. It kind of just became like, oh, we can finally do that Billy thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I remember sitting down to record and being like, wow, I'm finally doing it. I'm finally going to do <laughs> the the monologue where he like reveals that he, you know. And so, yeah, I, I remember at the time it was really it, it was fun to finally get to show the audience that, you know, the listeners that had been with us for so long. The real mm-hmm. Billy. The real yes. Billy Medina. Yeah. William. Yes. Um, and yeah, I, I even, uh, in my notes here, I saved some of his, his little speeches cause it's, uh, I imagine it is very cathartic. You know, it feels like he's, he's he has a lot to say and, uh, is finally <laughs> able to say it. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, uh, and it was fun finally giving him a, a last name and making him canonically Mexican. Mm-hmm. I believe Dr. Medina was mentioned in a previous episode, just not in the context of Billy. Is that correct? Yes, there is there is okay. a reference to Doctor Medina, I believe, in uh, uh, not the one out status quo. Is that what oh, it's called? Is that right? Yeah, yeah like, in, it, like in passing. Okay, like I think I, I think definitely maybe mentioned him. I definitely mentioned okay. him. Yeah, because it was yeah. it was I think in my audition um, sides. Oh, I think, okay. or at least it was, it was in that it sort was of there. speech. Yeah. It was there all along. Mm. Well, yeah, actually. Yeah, it is in my notes for that. Okay. Nice. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it just goes to show like, you know, part of this you guys did have a long time coming. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it sounds like in the original show you didn't get to the point where this reveal uh came out. We wrote it. Uh and in okay. fact, you guys are going to hear it when we do those uh those table reads that we're going to be doing of those old scripts. Mm-hmm. Um the unproduced scripts. Yeah, yeah, for Patreon. The uh <laughs> the unproduced classic GBN scripts. Um, so yeah, there's five of them and it's the fifth one. Cause it was like, it was in the penultimate episode. The, the, the season finale of, of, of that original GBN was never written. Um, unfortunately, but, uh, the, the, it feels enough like a season finale. I think the mm-hmm. one where the reveal happens, but yeah, we were, we were planning on doing it. We had the scripts and then the show fell apart. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're going to. We're still going to do the thing. Very different circumstances. Yeah, but uh, yeah, because yeah, we hadn't we hadn't we hadn't created Lorelai or Swift Industries yet. Right. So that was all going to be stuff that was going to happen in season two of the show, and instead we mm. we skipped it forward when we relaunched the show, so that we had some new toys to play with. Now I think we have too many toys, um, <laughs> which is which is a problem we're having in season two. Writing season two has been uh, uh, it's it's I we're having so much fun, and I think that it's so good. Um, I'm really, really happy with how it's going, but um, we're getting to a point where all of the toys are converging, and we're like, "Oh my god, we have so many toys!" <laughs> what <Yeah. are> we? <laughs> and it's also, but and it all kind of started with this episode because everyone is in such fine form. I mean, Morgan's so good in that last scene. Uh, Just gonna mention I, that, yep. Yeah, and like, uh, and Zach freaking crushes this episode, and I think this is when we Scott and Cass and I really started like, oh, we could like throw them anything mm-hmm. and they'll crush <laughs> it 
So every single line that Zach says in this episode is either hilarious or just like incredible. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I just it, it's I, I don't know how how he. I don't know what he does when he goes into Joel mode. I mean, I know literally what he does to go into Joel mode, but, but in terms of like, um, you know, the way the line readings that he does on these lines are just unbelievable. Uh, and I loved, I loved revealing the fact that he was like a super good dude. Like he was like, (laughs) yeah, like he seems like, he seems like kind of a weasel. And then he's like, yeah, no, no, I'm actually like a really, really good guy. Like I'm actually (laughs) a really good guy. (laughs) The, the best version of Joel is the Joel that's setting fires in the basement. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the chaotic yeah. neutral, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah on my... Uh... On my listen through for in, in preparation for this episode, I think one of the things that uh, I had forgotten or surprised me the most was uh, just this new side of Joel and getting to learn more about him. I mean, we, we focus a lot on Dr. Medina and Charlotte and... Um, we forget that there's been this character there since the very first line of the series. And uh, mm-hmm. he, he had this in him all along. Uh, when you all were re-listening to this episode, was there anything that uh, surprised you or maybe you forgot about? Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm, uh, yeah. There's, there's like an interesting reference to, uh, I don't know. I, like remembering that Simon was like a doctor. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I was like, Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I guess he would be, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's like that that really is when I go back and listen to these there's all of these like asides that I'm like, "Oh, that's right, they have a cat." Like right. All of the things that surprised me, I can't talk about because they all involve things that we are paying off in season 2. Hmm. Um, that's very true. But like there's a bunch of stuff very in this juicy. where I was just like I was like, "Oh, we we're, we're pretty good at this." Yeah, you know, like in a in, in a in a world where someone would write like what's the one geek by night episode you have to listen to before season two you know it's like, this one it's, for it, sure. would be, it would be this one yeah. yeah yeah um yeah so it sounds like uh we'll get answers to some of these things pretty soon <laughs> which is uh which is really great yeah you know in this episode we get the overachievers we get um you know the the ire and anita and janet and all of them was that the plan the whole time to have this legion of doom like were you building a team or were you still kind of taking it episode by episode when when we got to meet these characters you know yeah i i I think uh i think we kind of realized that this was the episode where we could bring back I, i think that was kind of one of the early things was that we wanted this to be the episode where you find out what the mysterious woman has been doing and what she's been doing is collecting all of these people that have been wronged by the underdogs and creating some kind of legion of doom. Mm-hmm. And then the game became like, well, why? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. that the, through the rewrites, we found all these ways to kind of bring everything and connect everything together. And it was also a really fun way to revisit these characters and see how, uh, I, I don't know. My favorite thing about the overachievers is that they kind of, get the brunt of things whereas the underdogs are kind of luck out of everything mm-hmm. uh hmm. they just hit they they hit every branch and yeah. that that makes them really fun to write that they've actually had kind of a, a, a an ordeal instead of like a fun adventure yeah this guy this guy loves the overachievers and uh he's been writing more of them in season two and uh it is some of the funniest stuff uh, I think we've ever had on the show. Um, I, I I love them to pieces, especially when he writes them. Thank you. Um, it's uh, uh, yeah. I I think they're just such a mismatched 
team of people that you're like, why? Why did we do this? If we, if we, because we, we knew that we wanted a, a team, but we didn't know what the team looked like. We were just like, yeah, it'll just be like, you know, whoever she goes around picking up yeah. episode to episode. <laughs> but like, we're not going to like pre plan who the team is going to be. The team is going to be who the team is yeah. based on. You know what we end up doing episode to episode. This was we, the opposite of Moneyball. Yeah, basically. yeah. We didn't want we we didn't mm. want the the team to dictate who the villains of each episode were. We wanted the episodes to dictate that. So when we got right. to episode seven, we we're like, okay, who's the team? And it was Cosmo, <laughs> Janet, and Madison. Yeah, so, and Anita, and Anita. Right. So like an aging Gen Xer kind of baby boomer <laughs> right. guy with like. Uh, a, a failed, uh, not a failed, but like a, a a teen star turned like this, like the most like effed up power I think we've ever given somebody. Yeah, and an actress who no one remembers, and that's it. That's her power. No one remembers yeah. her. She has no other powers. <laughs> so you 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 come back to her in one hundred and seven, and now she's just this completely different character. Yeah, that has lost all composure. And then you have Madison, who's just this like poison ivy Bruce Tim, like yeah. cool collected like. I don't know. So we were like, what is, and then Anita, who's like, I'm only here because you're going to tell my parents. <laughs> right. <laughs> what, why is yes, this? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Why Cause they've all been kind of blackmailed into this and the underdogs are, mm-hmm. are very much yeah. choosing to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I love the overachievers. They're so dumb. I love them. Well, then, like, every, <laughs> they're amazing. Cause I love writing like how, like how does Madison talk to Janet? How does Janet talk to Cosmo? How does Cosmo talk to Madison? And yeah. Every combination was just so weird and specific that it was yeah. just really fun to write. Yeah. 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 Like, like Charlotte, Charlotte wanted to build the X-Men, but yeah. they were all taken up. So she's just like, all right, I'll take the B and C team, whatever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Gold balls. Yeah. Dazzlers. Yeah. But she feels uh, she feels confident enough in her own abilities as yeah. a leader that yeah. she'll be able to turn them into the can, team that I, she I wants can, them I to I can be. whip these misfits into shape like the Mighty Ducks. Right. right. <laughs> um, so it's uh, it, it's been man, it's it's they're great. I love those guys. Things did not get better for them in season two. No, <laughs> I'm okay with that. Um, uh, who was calling the shots between uh, William and Charlotte? It's is- uh, it's an uneasy partnership. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. uh, th- okay. I think I think I think those two, I think Billy kind of offered. I think their 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 kind of flag they're flying under is that Lorelai. They're not going to do it like Lorelai. Right. Lorelai kept secrets. Lorelai compartmentalizes because she thinks that she is the smartest person in the world. We're a team. We share everything. We're this is a partnership. And then the. The tension comes from them living up to these ideals that they set for themselves when reality gets in the way and right. their own baggage gets in the way because both these characters have very serious trust issues. Right. Yeah. But their, their plan up to this point, um, like, you know, the, the plan they're enacting in this episode is a 50-50 partnership all the way through. Yeah. I think Charlotte likes to think she's more in charge. Than she actually I think they is. Both do. Yeah, yeah, they both do. They both think like, oh, you know, it's a partnership, but I'm the boss. Yeah. Like, like both hmm. holding a knife behind their back. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we uh, what I I am curious, um, uh, Naomi, you know, Lorelai, you you had to play Lorelai on a lot of levels in this episode because you had to. Know what Lorelai knows in reality. Know that under no circumstances can she just say the thing 
right? Like mm-hmm. Elliot gets shot in this episode because of you, um, because you won't just tell him that you can't just tell him the truth because it would ruin things. It would ruin time. Uh, yeah, t- time and space. <laughs> um, and so, so how did you approach playing the character at, at with so many layers going into almost every line of dialogue in this episode? Oh God. Um, I'm trying to think how long ago was this that I did prepare it? Um, it's like three years ago, I think yeah. at this point. Like I think this was before, I think this was before I moved to Vancouver maybe. So it's been a while. Um, yeah. Oh, how did I prepare? That's a good question for which I'm not sure of the answer anymore. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just sort of, I, I try to, I think a lot of the credit probably actually goes to, um, I can't remember who edited uh, the episode and cho- or directed the episode and chose which takes because, yeah. So so it's, it's actually you who layered the episode because I think I gave every possibility for each line. I was like, <laughs> one of them's going to stick. So <laughs> you're the one who did the work. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> And isn't that acting when you get down to it? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, things. you just sort of got to throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks, I guess. Um, and I mean, so I knew what I knew <laughs> and I didn't know everything that was coming after this episode. So I sort of try, tried for a few episodes to sort of like, all right, so I know something. I'm not sure what I know, but I know something. And, <laughs> you know, uh, but yeah, it is It is sort of a uh, a Doc Brown kind of thing. It's like, well, you know, you can't, you know, don't tell me, don't tell me. If I tell you this, then that could have serious repercussions. But then also, you know, when do you, when do you tape together the note and like cheat? When do you not do that? Mm. It's hard to tell. I'm sidestepping because yeah. I can't remember. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm 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 also curious, Rachel. Um, I guess compared to because we Nick and I have been watch or been listening to the classic show and like sort of reacting to it, listening to it for the first time in like ten mm-hmm. years. Um, it's like a kid's reactive video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm cringing a lot. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's been rough. I'm talking through it. Um, I am curious about, because, you know, we sort of made a decision to not have your character from the classic series be in this show, in this version of the show. Uh, cause we just didn't think that she had a place here. Um, and so I guess like, I'm curious about how you feel about, about, uh, I, I don't know if, I don't know how to articulate what I'm asking, but like, mm. just in general, like how you feel about, um, the change in your character. Cause I mean, it took a long time for you to get like a full character yeah. in the show. Um, cause you know, we're, we're seven, I mean, seven story arcs into the show before <laughs> you actually get to do like more than one scene in an episode. Yeah. Um, so I mean, were you were you happy with the payoff? Were you worried as the show went along that this was all it was going to be? Was this mysterious woman and that was it? Or um, kind of a little of both. I, I was waiting for something to happen, 
mm-hmm. um, because my original character was only, I don't think, I think only one episode aired. No, two. It was two? two. Okay, it was two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, there was a payoff with her, but we never got to it. Mm-hmm. We, we never found out what that big secret was. Mm-hmm. And I was a little worried that it was going to happen again. Um, <laughs> That's, that, you were right to be worried. That's yeah. fair. That's... <laughs> but I put, I put those fears aside. I trusted in, in the writing team and I'm like, it'll, it'll happen. And I'm so glad that it did because I knew what the secret was about my old character. I think I told Ray and I told someone else because I'm like I have to tell somebody because this isn't this is never going to come to fruition. Um, so I'm I'm very pleased that th- this character was able to start as this like little little nugget and then it grew into something much bigger. Um, yeah. Very, what was your reaction happy. to reading the script the first time? Like when you when you first learned all these things about this character that you'd been well, playing all season but didn't know anything about. So I think you gave me some hints along the mm-hmm. way. So I kind of mm-hmm. knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I honestly don't remember. I remember being pleased. Um, I was like, "Yes, it's finally happening." It's like, it's like when you re- like in a in a um, book or a show where the audience knows the secret, but the characters don't know the secret yet. Like we know who Jon Snow's mother is, but he doesn't know, or anyone else doesn't know, but like we know. Like, when are you going to pay that off? And I, I just remember being very happy that it was finally, that that pimple finally burst. <laughs> <laughs> um, are, are you guys still uh, kind of using the original series as, um, are you still mining that for ideas? Or do you feel like you've overtaken it to this point where, particularly season two, um, do you feel like it has any overlap at this point? There's a part in uh, where they Gibson and Mindy mentioned that uh, they have a cat named Mr. Whiskers. And I remember being like, God, damn, I don't think we have time to like put that in. But I really want that to be part of the new show. I really, <laughs> want, I really want Mr. Whiskers to have survived the new Both versions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, not a lot. It's, it's a lot of like inspired by like. Hmm. Like the the scene the 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 OP scene in this episode where Simon just lets loose and like wrecks this building, um, that is going Tetsuo as Gibson calls it. Right, that yes. is that is inspired by a similar scene on a much smaller scale in the original show. Um, that also that, with Simon. Yeah, also with Simon. Oh, okay. Where where um like Andrew just I remember we wrote that and Andrew knocked it out of the park and we were like oh. Like this, this guy's like capable of some like really heavy stuff. Like he could pull this off. Like it was it was um, inspiring, I guess, to see that Andrew could play this character who, in the original show, was much more Sheldony than he is hmm. in the new show. Just, much yeah. less humanity, um, and uh, you know, be able to play that, and then get to a point in that episode. Simon's Laboratory was the name of the episode. Um, and get to that episode and get to that scene and then kind of switch into a total badass mode, which we didn't even know he was capable of doing. And he did it. And, w- and then that was at the, it was at that point that we I think the, the, the scripts, the unproduced scripts got a little more ambitious as a result of that because we just started trusting that our actors could do more than 
Um, the kind of sitcom-y beats that the early episodes had. Right, exactly. Um, and so then when we started doing the new show, I remember from the beginning when we were outlining the season and we were like, okay, this one's going to be a Gwen episode. This is a Gibson episode. This is a Mindy episode. I knew that I wanted the Simon episode to have a, 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 a scene inspired by that scene from the original show because I thought it was so powerful the first time. But I wanted to outdo it. Um, hopefully I did. I think I did. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, I don't know, uh, Andrew, did you pick up on that? Did you pick up on that, that sort of like inspiration that this is like that Simon's lab, uh, episode, but on steroids? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I still, I still remember certain specific lines from that, uh, original hmm. scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what about the relationship between Simon and Mindy? Um, you know, this episode that we get a lot, um, was this something that was in the original show or did it come up organically? Um, it's, it, it, it's, it's actually something that we were, so while we're visiting the episodes, it's actually kind of, and Scott can speak on this cause I wasn't working here yet. Uh, <laughs> but it, it, it was kind of a, the brainchild of a, of a writer that used to be on the show, Laura Oser. Yes. Um, Laura Oser, who was my sort of like co-showrunner. Um, so, so John Pavlich was my original co-showrunner. He left after five episodes. Laura Oser became my co-showrunner in, uh, the second half, or I guess the second third of, <laughs> of the, of the first season. Um, and, uh, in that second third of the season is when she was like, I think these guys have chemistry and I kind of want to. I want to play around with this. And I was like, okay, sure. I mean, you know, my, my feeling at the time was like, you know, in that original show, Gwen and Elliot were the will they, won't they character. Cause Gwen wasn't gay. Um, at least not yet, uh, in the original show. Um, and so my focus was on them and I hadn't even occurred to me that like Simon and Mindy would be a thing. And then she, over the course of a few episodes sort of laid the groundwork for it. And I really liked it and embraced it. And, um, really really loved their chemistry and how those two characters operated with each other uh and wanted to bring that into the new show however the mindy from the original show is very different from the mindy that we we have no one loved today yeah um she's you know morgan spencer plays the character with you know a little bit more of a knuckle sandwich yeah uh, in her voice Uh i I always i mean like yeah like i i picture her back in high school that she like ran track yeah, or, like played basketball. Yeah, she wouldn't be afraid to punch a guy. Uh, you know, like it's just she's got that vibe about her. Um, she's a fighter. Whereas I think, uh, Cliss, the 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 actress who played Mindy in the original show, she was more in line with like a Cordelia who was secretly smart, which was like a different. It's a totally mm-hmm. different thing. Um, and it and it really worked on the old old show. Like we were just listening to. Um, episode nine, because episode ten is coming out next weekend on the Patreon. The Secret Life of Mindy Gibson, right? And <laughs> and we were we were really impressed with Andrew and Cliss's chemistry and the chemistry between those two characters, even if there were some like cringy moments um, overall in it. He bugged the, her house. Yeah, he bugged her house. That was I don't know what we were thinking, <laughs> why we thought that was funny. Um, but uh, uh, it was. But it, it is interesting that despite the fact that the two characters have changed so much, I think we have deepened their relationship by making them more in more opposition to each other. Personality wise. I think we've, we've, 
as a result, sort of deepened their connection because it's not as surface level of a connection as just like, he's really smart. She's secretly smart. Hmm. And that was kind of, you know, and they had, they had great natural chemistry. And so, you know, we were, we were really leaning on that. Um, but in this new show, you know, I think one of the things we were worried about was like, oh, what if Morgan and Andrew don't have any chemistry? And then we put a scene together with them. And then it was like, oh, okay, never mind. We, Andrew just has chemistry with everybody. Um, <laughs> I'm special like that. <laughs> yeah. And so, I, I, I've never, sorry, I, 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 I never really connected when Andrew pointed out the Dark Phoenix thing. I don't think I ever really thought of that. But now I can't stop seeing that last scene as like your Dark Phoenix and 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 Mindy's Wolverine, and I'm just like really in love with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's there's obviously a little bit of time travel discussion at the end of this episode. I'm going to save a lot of that for the next Beyond Geek by Night when we talk about a matter of time. Um, Fair. But we are at the point in the season where. Uh, you know, we only have two more episodes until uh, season two. Okay. So I was wondering if we could go around the circle and you could everybody tell me one word to describe season two to get everybody kind of uh, jazzed up for it. Because we're going to be hearing these episodes <laughs> pretty soon. There's a lot of pressure on, on the three actors <laughs> in the room. They're, all of their faces just dropped in various ways. <laughs> Because they're afraid of what they're going to say because they know their <laughs> boss is watching. Break their NDA. <laughs> yeah. To be perfectly honest, we I, I don't remember because I only... I don't remember. <laughs> I only remember doing one table read. I think we did two. Or I did two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I only remember the one. <laughs> How many episodes has there been? To be honest, all right. So here's real talk. I put a, th- a status on my Facebook today which was like, oh, you know, the last TV show you watched. And I said the wrong TV show because I forgot which days were which and what order I'd watch things in. So if that tells you anything about my current mental, like, <laughs> standing. Pandemic yeah. days, yeah. I, Everything to, is the same. The cast has four scripts right now. That's what they have. Okay. Yesterday okay. I woke up and I, I sat in bed and I'm like, what day is it? <laughs> is it Friday? Is it... I, and I looked at my phone and it said Friday. I'm like, is it though? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm keeping track of days based on what days um, particular YouTube channels upload on. It's really uh, helping me out. I'm doing the same with web comics. We picked a hell of a time to, to start working on yeah. season two. It's really worked out pretty well. Like what, what's keeping me in check is like I have to take a pill every day. So it's like marked what day it is. Like, okay. It's yeah. Friday. <laughs> That's, yeah, I never thought I'd be a calendar guy, but here we are. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So one word to, to describe season two. Because I know nothing about season two. Everybody yeah. else is in the know, but I'm, I'm just a fan. Mm-hmm. It's, I'll, I'll say it's, it's meaty. Mm. It's, a, it's a, okay. It's a nice, nice thick burger of a season, <laughs> <laughs> and it keeps getting thicker. Yeah, just it just keeps growing exponentially. Yeah, got to unhinge your jaw to get your your mouth around that. Yeah, um, it's like it's like one of those like uh, like Jughead sandwiches. It just keeps <laughs> like uh, Scooby and Shaggy just like yeah, yes. it yes. yes. Yeah, you don't know why I'm doing hands, and just but you can't see me. Yeah. My, my actions, I'm doing Hardy, Hardy, yeah. 
What about you, Scott and Nick? How would you describe it? I'm going to say sweeping. Sweeping. Mm. Um, I'm going to say... Man, I don't know. Uh, evolution. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Geek by Night, the sweeping evolution. <laughs> <laughs> the, the meaty sweeping evolution. We'll put that on our, on our next Dueling Chandra t-shirts. Um, <laughs> okay, so uh, Naomi or Andrew? Oh, gosh. What it's okay lives. if you don't want to <laughs> give anything away. Uh, I, I'm going to say superhero-er. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's that's actually pretty from good. From what I've read so far. Cool. That's pretty good. Okay. That's not a, not a real word, but an accurate one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's really exciting. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. All right. Are there... Um, and Naomi's other... got nothing. <laughs> I don't want to accidentally give things away because I have... I no, yeah. no. Uh, yeah. for uh, for Lorelai uh, on behalf of her, I'm going to say I think her word for season two is challenging. Mm. Yeah, mm. that tracks. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, that's really exciting. Oh, I will say I'll say another word: unexpected. Hopefully, After yeah. this episode, yeah. that's saying a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think we do some things. I'll say this. We had a longer plan for the show um, that spanned multiple seasons. And obviously that's been truncated because, you know, uh, this shows a lot of work and um, we're talking about something we made in 2016. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and we just, it's a lot of work and, and um, the support that we have has been great, but it's not enough to keep the show going and on, on any like full capacity as we've talked about early on um in in relaunching the show as we have um but uh we just we made a decision early on that we were going to take things that we were going to do in like season three or four and we've just pulled it all forward just use it and uh yeah and we're just we're just burning we're burning it all we're burning all of our material that we've thought about and so i think things happen in ways that we earn but are very unexpected awesome yeah, <laughs> there is yet to be like a non-event-sized episode so far. Yeah. Okay. I yeah, I think that's true. Um, we have like a wish list, and we're ju- we've just been checking things off the wish list of like, you know, like things what? we've we've always dreamed about doing on yeah, the show, like with these characters. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and so in every episode, we try to and just like check one thing off. Um, the last mm-hmm. script I, we we sent out to them, we got to check off two things, which was cool. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, in general, that's 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 been our um, modus operandi uh, nice. for season two. Is just well done. Yeah, it's just it's just checking off things off of our wish list. So, all right. Any uh, last uh, notes or thoughts or comments on friends and enemies? This crazy set of episodes. <laughs> uh, good job, everybody. Yeah, seriously, yes. you guys. It are, is you guys exceptional. Rule. Um, this guy this guy i I, you know it's funny is you were doing the recap thing and then you brought up the the billy william medina twist and i was like oh man we should have got that actor to be here and then i was like oh right (laughs) (laughs) i literally forgot that's how good he was as billy Billy. no idea absolutely million 
<laughs> I know. Um, but uh, yeah, I just I'm so proud of this episode, and um, you know, it's because of everyone, but especially the four actors here. Um, just rocking and rolling on this on this episode. You guys just absolutely ruled in this. Um, and uh, I I blame. Chris is the only award-winning actor um, in, <laughs> in, uh, in the show. But I, I believe that the only reason – I believe that's my fault. I believe that the only reason that that happened um, is because the episodes were coming out on a, at a steady pace when he won that award. Um, and, and so it felt like an ongoing show that people were excited about. And then um, we started taking a longer time writing scripts and – Unfortunately, I feel like if this episode had come out in time with all the other ones, I feel like all of you guys would have won awards because you guys are absolutely amazing in this. So that's where I'm at. I blame myself that you guys are not award-winning <laughs> actors. You're award-winning actors in my Yet. heart. <laughs> we all get a gold star. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I will take this a moment just to plug again uh, the, the Patreon and the classic GBN stuff that we're doing. Um, I think it's a lot of fun. It's super cringy, but I do think it's interesting from an evolution standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm cringing just because of like my writing, uh, and um, <laughs> it's like the Tracy Ullman Simpsons. Yeah, certain decisions that I, I I made about like characters, but you know, I was like 20, 21 when I was writing that, and so like completely different person, completely different time period. Um, and we call it all out because we do like an intro at the beginning of it. Yeah. We play the episode, and then on the other side of the episode, Nick and I just like break it down and talk about like what we just heard yeah yeah, for the first time in like 10 years Mm -hmm. um and uh we're reaching the end of the produced episodes and we're going to start doing uh recording table readings of the five episodes that went unproduced the the, those five scripts um and that we were very lucky to have an old gbn listener uh ask for them um like five or six years ago uh reached out to me and be like hey Whatever happened to Geek by Night? And I was like, well, it's never coming back, but here's scripts that we, like the we, we <laughs> did that we never, we never produced. Like and the Onceler. You just were like, yeah, yeah take yeah, it. Yeah. And so then, and then we got the idea of this. And I was like, oh, yeah, I have those scripts. And I was like, oh, no, I've changed like computers three times since then. I don't have them anymore. <laughs> um, and, and so then I was lucky to go back into my emails, track him down, the email that I sent him those scripts in, wow. email him again and be like, hey, do you still have these? And he's like, you're lucky I'm a digital hoarder because, I, in fact, I do. And he sent them back to me, and now I have them, and now we get to we get to we get to perform them, which I think is going to be um, a lot of fun. Uh, but that's all going to be Patreon exclusive, and um, we appreciate all of our Geek by Night patrons so much. Absolutely, uh, and it's it's it definitely makes things run smoother around here. I, I can you know buy th- buy sound effects and things that I need because of the money on Patreon. Um, and, uh, it's been great. And I, I highly recommend it. We have been putting one out every single week, like clockwork on Friday. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you guys, uh, all, if you're not a geek by night supporter on Patreon right now, um, we are putting out content for you guys. So, uh, just, you know, maybe sign up through the end of season two, um, which I will say right now, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say it. <gasps> oh my God. I'm going to say it. Okay. Season, the season two premiere of. Uh, of Geek by Night is going to be. Hold on, let me pull it up. Where is it? He's making it it's up right now. October fourth. <laughs> October fourth. Um, October fourth wow. is the season two premiere. The of... death of Jeffrey Gibson. Yeah, no, <laughs> um, no. The first episode is called The New Normal. Um, and oh. uh, and and so season two 
premiering October 4th. The new normal. And I'm also going to say, um, just so that we can be full transparent because we never are. And that's part of that's, that's a bad thing. Um, so full, full transparency, the first five episodes are going to come out, um, sort of in a row biweekly alternating with episodes of this beyond geek by night. Mm -hmm. And then there's going to be a break, um, for the holidays. And then we'll be back with the second half in January. That's the plan. Um, and I'm saying that now so that, uh, you guys, you guys don't think that we're, uh, I don't know. (laughs) trying to writing like, it one episode at a time yeah or... just trying to trying to shove a break in there because we're falling behind um no we're already behind and um <laughs> we're trying to make sure that that uh we're telling you guys what's going on and um and and so that uh yeah so that we hopefully are running these as close to back to back as we as we can yeah. we want this to come out mm-hmm. on time um and so that's uh that's the plan right now the actors have four out of the 10 scripts that they're gonna get um and uh uh we're we're monkeying around with the fifth script right now so um it's been... a lot like this one in that it's been kind of hard yep 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 <laughs> just uh like pulling teeth like pulling teeth cuz it's the it's the mid-season finale and so um stuff happens <laughs> um and we're we're trying to figure out how to make it all work a lot of threads a lot awesome. of threads anyway so many juicy details yeah you folks heard it here first well i want to say thank you to my guests for joining me today scott nick naomi rachel and andrew and thank you to all of you the fans the underdogs for listening today as scott said if you'd like to support the show please join the dueling genre patreon at duelinggenre.com slash support you can also tell your friends families and followers to subscribe to geek by night on itunes spotify stitcher or wherever else you get your podcasts And stay tuned for the next episode, A Matter of Time. Thanks for going Beyond Geek by Night with us, and see you next time.